Hello and welcome to TBG Podcast. We're finally back in 2022. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year, Gabby. Happy New Year, Anna. How are you doing? I am good. I'm cold. How about you? Well, you can see just by listening to my voice that <laughs> I am not like 100%, but I'm doing okay. Good, good. Glad right. to hear. So our next two episodes, we're going to do a break in our traveling around the world and we will focus in what we decided to call winter special where we will read a story by Hans Christian Andersen called the snow queen which is kind of like a fairy tale to be honest right not kind of definitely <laughs> a fairy, a fairy, tale. Yep. fairy mm -hmm. tale yeah and uh, we'll divide the story in two episodes so today we're going to start talking about the author and a little bit about the book and part of these the fairy tale so we're going to discuss that the fairy tale is d divided in seven parts so we're going to do one two three today all right sounds good all right so gabby first question is who is hans christian anderson all right so christian and hans christian anderson he was born on april 2nd 1805 and he died on august 4th 1875 Mm -hmm. He is a Danish author, mm -hmm. and he's most known for his fairy tale stories. His <laughs> most famous fairy tales include The Emperor's New Clothes, The Little Mermaid, The Nightingale, The Steadfast Tin Soldier, The Red Shoes, The Princess and the Pea, The Snow Queen, The Ugly Duckling, The Little Match Girl, and Thumbelina. Thumbelina. So mm -hmm. lots of those stories, Anna, at least I know for a fact that we read them in Portuguese when we were young. So we can see that he's got a lot of, uh, he has several translations across the world. He's, uh, he's well known around the world with his, uh, with his fairy tales. And uh, Disney thanks him a lot for all, you know, the stories and tales that he wrote. So they could their own version of them, right? Right. One thing that we're going to notice uh, is that fairy tales at the beginning, they used to be a little more horrifying. Not all of the stories were happy ending. So Disney did change a little bit those stories to be uh, more appealing to the kids and, you know, just kids friendly. Uh, PG-13, PG, so it just they, mm -hmm. they had to adjust and, and adapt a lot of those stories because some of them are really sad. But um, one thing about fairy tales is that, um, like all stories, they are meant to entertain, but that's secondary. Uh, the main purpose is to give a moral, a moral ending in a way that the audience will remember whatever they are trying to say and they exist to teach a lesson. Mm -hmm. uh, there are several papers actually and around the world uh, focusing on the importance of fairy tales and the impact on children. It's really trying to teach a lesson so, so kids can remember how horrifying it could be uh, if you talk to strangers. So mm -hmm. it's definitely... Um, it has that, that, that first, uh, the story secondary, it's really like to teach a lesson. Speaking of the story, let's talk a little bit about Han uh, Anderson. So his father, uh, who had received only elementary school education, introduced his son to literature, reading to him The Arabian Nights. Uh, he started working in Copenhagen as an actor for his great soprano voice, but he changed, uh, but once he hit pu uh, puberty, 
he actually, his voice started to change. So he switched gears there and he started working as a poet by a friend's suggestion. Mm-hmm. Jonas Collin, director of the Royal Danish Theater, held great affection for Anderson and sent him to a grammar school in Slagelse, uh, persuading King Frederick VI uh, to pay part of, the, uh, of Anderson's education. He had by then published his first story that's called The Ghost of Palna Toke's Grave in 1822. Uh, there was not a st- he was not a stellar pop, uh, student, but he also attended school at the Elsinore until 1827. He later said that his ears at the school were the darkest and most bitter ears of his life. So he was definitely <laughs> not into uh, the academic uh, mm-hmm. life. Um, at one particular school, he lived uh, at his school's master's home and over there, he was abused and he was told that it was done in order to improve his character. So he had nothing, then you can really see that he had nothing to do with learning, but really what had happened around those years in his personal life. All of those improvements in his character, let's put that way, resulted in depression. So he was definitely not the happiest person in the world. He definitely went through a lot. And uh, I think he channeled all of those in his stories. And maybe Mm -hmm. that's the reason why they are so famous and they reach so many people. So there is a biography by Wu Schlagers that uh, maintains that Han Christian Andersen possibly was a lover of the Danish dancer Harold Scharf. They ended their relationship. And several years later, Anderson continued to try to rekindle the relationship without success. Another line of biogra- uh, bi- biographical stories here from by Clara Baum and Anya Erschrump. They are both from uh, Hen Christian Anderson uh, Center of University of Southern Denmark. They state that it was decidedly wrong to describe him as homosexual and maintain that he had had physical relationships with men. For them, for their uh, line of thought, he did not. Indeed, uh, it would have been con- uh, entirely contrary to his moral and religious ideas. So he's never been married. It's not entirely clear uh, if he was homosexual, if he was uh, heter- uh, heterosexual or straight. So definitely very open there. But story is really that he has never been married. In the early 1870s, uh, more specifically in 1872, at the age of 67, Anderson fell off his bed and he was severely hurt. He never fully recovered from this fall and uh, its resultant injuries. Soon after, he started to show signs of uh, liver cancer. And then he ended up um, passing in 1875 so three years later after uh three years after this uh, this uh fatal fall anderson is the eighth most translated writer uh in the world and he's trailing right behind vladimir lenin i do have some updates here or some curiosities about Han Christian Christian Andersen. So his fairy tales, they are autobiographical. So according to scholars, the tale of the ugly duckling reflects Andersen's own feelings of alienation. As a boy, he was teased for his appearance and his high-pitched voice, which often made him uh, feel very isolated. 
that's why maybe the ugly duckling resonates with so many people, right? So mm-hmm. uh, it's, it really comes from, from his uh, heart. Hans, uh, Hans Christian Andersen's original version of The Little Mermaid was a lot more depressing than Disney's take. So that's what Han and I were talking earlier now. Um, definitely Disney had take a much lighter version on the stories uh his little mermaid story from 1837 was far darker in kid in the, than the kid-friendly disney movie mm-hmm. in the original an unnamed mermaid who falls in love with the prince is offered the chance to take a human form even though she will live in perpetual agony and has to have her tongue cut out so definitely mm-hmm. not what we see with ariel Mm-mm. The mermaid's goal, besides love, is to gain an immortal soul, which is only possible if the prince falls in love with her and marries her. After the prince marries someone else, however, the mermaid contemplates murdering him, but instead accepts her fate and throws herself into the sea, where she dissolves into sea foam. The mermaid is greeted by spiritual beings who say they will help her get to heaven if she does good deeds for 300 years. So mm-hmm. not really Princess Ariel and Princess Eric's story. Um, not happy ending pretty, for her. <laughs> pretty bad. And when they say perpetual agonies, they say that when she walks, she would feel a thousand knives cutting into her legs. So mm-hmm. uh, not only not being able to scream to say that she was in pain, she was also like feeling this agony. So... I don't know, Anna, about you, but I don't think it was worth it. So, yeah, no. pretty sad, but it does make sense that Disney wouldn't want something. And it makes me curious to see what was really um, the lesson he wanted to teach. So, maybe mm-hmm. be aware of all the consequences before you sign a contract with the devil. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I would say maybe so. Maybe that's what he was. So, one last curiosity about Anderson is that he was terrified of being buried alive. He had a mm. lot of phobias. He was afraid of dogs. He didn't eat pork because he was worried he would contract a parasite that can be finding pigs. He Which makes a... sense, you know, considering the time he was living in, right? That's true. Probably that particular phobia was based on lots of people dying after yeah. they ate pigs. So mm-hmm. it does make sense. Uh, he kept a long rope in his luggage while traveling in case he needed to escape a fire. Mm-hmm. He even feared he would accidentally be declared dead and buried alive. So before bed each night, he propped up a note that read, I only appear to be dead. So a very curious character, uh, definitely a brilliant mind. As I was mentioning, the top or the most famous stories that uh, Anderson has written, The Snow Queen is one of them. And it was first published on December 21st, 1844 in New Fairy Tales. The story centers on the struggle between good and evil as experienced by Gerda, a girl, and her friend Kai, a boy. The story is one of Anderson's longest and most highly acclaimed stories. It is regularly included in selected tales and collections of his work and is frequently reprinted in illustrated storybook editions for children. The Disney movie Frozen was inspired 
in this fairy tale. So very, very different, but basically uh, it, somewhat inspired She's by She's kind this of a, a Snow Queen. In... That is true. That not, is true. Not exactly the same Snow Queen we're going to talk about in the story, but... Um, in a way, she lives in in a very cold place. You know, she's kind of like queen, princess, whatever. Absolutely. Anderson met a Swedish opera singer named Jenny Lind in 1840, so four years before Snow Queen was published, and he fell in love with her. But she mm-hmm. was not interested in him romantically, although the two became really good friends. According mm-hmm. to Carol Rosen, Anderson was inspired to model the icy-hearted Snow Queen on her after she rejected him as a suitor. So there was also, again, just uh, in alignment with what I said about being out- an autobiography. So definitely he also used that as a uh, base for his fairy tale. So I had never read the snow queen before and now have you no i d- i honestly when you were saying like this was one of the most non-stories i was like yeah i have never heard of it and maybe my childhood was not really full of fairy tales i don't know why so for I the haven't... majority that i read there i did i i was very familiar with the emperor's new clothes um little mermaid not yeah. really his version um right. but definitely princess and the pea the ugly duckling even the little match girl, but this particular one I was not entirely familiar with and mm-hmm. maybe has something to do with the snow and with us being from Brazil and not really having snow, it wouldn't be something that kids could potentially relate. So I don't know. Um, but I, for me, um, I had never heard about it. So it was really nice to choose this one to read with uh, hot cocoa or hot apple cider here while um, getting into the winter mood Mm -hmm. Uh, it is a fairy tale that it's broken into seven stories so we're gonna be talking about the first three ones today we're gonna do the last four on our next episode they are very short but uh i think that they are really good here well all the fairy tales are pretty short so Mm -hmm. are you ready anna just one curiosity if you guys are ever passing by Copenhagen in Denmark, there is a statue for Little Mermaid. Uh, Just be be prepared because there's going to be a lot of people trying to get selfies with it. I didn't really give it a lot of importance when I look at it and I didn't connect the two things anyways. But there are a few... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, sorry guys. Like I said, my my childhood was not really made up. Um, I didn't really have a lot of uh, fairy tales on it. Uh, anyways, we do have some kind of dark stories, though, about the statue, though, Gabby. Do you have the information on that? Uh, I do, actually. So, yeah, uh, exactly. For those who do know <laughs> Christian Anderson and do know that the statue was in honor or um, just really honoring him and his heritage, it is there in Copenhagen, as uh, Anna mentioned. And in 1990, there was an attempt to sever the statue's head, and that left an 18 centimeters or 7-inch uh, deep cut in the neck. Then, on January 6, 1998, so eight years later, the statue was decapitated again, and the culprits were never found, 
but the head was returned anonymously to a nearby television station and reattached on February 4th, so a month later. So even this, even the, the statue has a dark story there. But absolutely, if you are into fairy tales, if you do appreciate um, the story that we're going to tell, and if you're ever in Denmark, make sure to go there, take a look at it. Do not attempt to behead her again. but um, <laughs> Please don't. Yeah, and if you have the time to stay in line, I pers- I haven't been there yet, but hopefully uh, I'll get to gallivant her to Denmark and take a picture with the Little Mermaid. Don't and that do one, like me. Don't. <laughs> now you I was know, like, why so. are these people doing this? You know, <laughs> it's just this most famous author, you know, piece just of art here. Just the eighth most translated author oh in my the world. Oh, God. But... And I like to tell myself I like reading. So, yeah, that's a shame on me, I guess. I don't know. Living and learning. So I that's guess, good. Yeah. So, yes, yeah, so let's get, let's embark into this one adventure. As I mentioned, it's a seven story, uh, it's seven stories. It's a fairy, uh, as I mentioned, it's a fairy tale in seven stories. Mm-hmm. The first story, which deals with the mirror and the splinters. A wicked and mischievous troll who made a mirror which would turn something good and beautiful into something ugly and magnify something that was already ugly into something uglier. Mm-hmm. The loveliest landscapes would look like boiled spinach in it and the best of people turned ugly or stood on their heads with no stomachs which uh, or their faces became so distorted that they would not be recognized. So not a cool mirror to look at, right, mm-hmm. Anna? Or to look the world uh, through that sure. mirror. Yeah. At Ogre School, he said that he created the most amazing invention and it was a miracle because now for the first time ever, one could really see what the world was and how people looked like. So he definitely changed the story a little bit he, he wasn't really turning things for uh for everyone he presented as you're actually seeing everybody's truth self so uh they ran around the world with the mirror and distorted everyone and everything the ogres decided that it was a good idea to fly to heaven and see what heaven really looked like through the mirror of truth The higher they got, the louder louder the mirror would laugh and vibrate to the point they could no longer hold it. The mirror was shattered into a million pieces, billion even, and these pieces fell all over the world. That was a ter- that was terrible news for ev- because every speck of the mirror had retained the same power that the whole mirror had possessed. So turning everything into ugly, turning everything ugly into uglier. Some people even got a tiny mirror shard in their heart. And that was quite horrible because their heart became a lump of ice. The Mm -hmm. evil ogre laughed until his stomach burst and that tickled him so wonderfully. So he was really, really bad. More splinters kept flying into the air, which leads us to the next story. Mm-hmm. The second story, a little boy and a little girl. This story takes place in a big town with so many people that, were, that, that there was no room for gardens, so they could only have flower pots. 
This boy and girl, they were not siblings, but they liked each other, and they each lived with their parents in attics, and their roofs were connected by the gutters. Each house had a window that faced the other. The mm -hmm. parents had wooden boxes where they would grow vegetables. They were a there was a small rose tree in each box, and they grew beautifully. They were not allowed to climb to the boxes because they were too up high, and they could, uh, but they could sit under the roses and play with each other, except during the winter because the windows would freeze. Then the kids would they, they would hit copper coins uh, to open a peephole in the window so they, so they could still look at each other. So you can see very innocent, very honest friendship between the two of them, right, Anna? Mm -hmm. uh, the boy's name was Kai and the girl's Gerda. During summer, they were so close. But during winter, they had to go downstairs to play with each other because they really couldn't open the window and really enjoy each other's company up high. There was a grandmother, but it's not very clear if she is Gerda's grandmother or Kai's grandmother. But she would say she would also stay downstairs and she would tell stories. And um, she did say one story that the snow was that the snow that was falling was white bees. And then the boy, who was very intelligent, he did ask if there was a queen bee mm -hmm. to watch. He said that, yes, there was. She was the largest of them and never remained still on the ground. She kept on flying into the black uh, cloud. At night, this queen would peep, uh, the queen bee, she would peep through the windows in the city and freezes them uh, in flower-shaped ice. They had seen that kind of shape, so they knew that the story was real. The girl wanted to let the Snow Queen come in, but the boy said that he would put her in the stove and melt her. So lots of those two kids were very uh, high on imagination, which is pretty good. I think mm -hmm. that that's really what the stories are for, right? Mm -hmm. uh, to incite everybody's uh, creativity and curiosity and imagination, right? So uh, one night, as the snow was falling... Kai looked through the peephole and he saw a snowflake set on the flower boxes. It started to grow and to grow and to grow and it finally turned into a whole woman dressed in the finest of the dresses. She was so beautiful, but she was made out of ice. She waved at him and that really scared him. So he didn't really um, connect to the woman that day. The next day, there was a clear frost and everything turned green. The kids were allowed to sit by the window and play. The roses bloomed marvel marvelously that year. So it was the end of uh, winter, beginning of spring. One fine summer day, they were playing and something got into Kai's eye. A sharp pain. He felt a sharp pain in his heart. He thought he had come. Uh, he thought that once he cleaned his eye, he was out, but he wasn't. It was the splinter from the ogre mirror. Mm -hmm. Another splinter hit his heart. So soon enough, his heart was going to turn into ice. Not that he knew that, but Ann and I and you know that that was coming. <laughs> that was uh, story one, right? Yes, that comes from story one. So story one connecting to story two. Kai destroyed, so once he started seeing the world 
ugly, not the truth, but really everything painted in this ugly color. He destroyed the flowers because he said that they were only food for worms. Pretty sad to see flowers like that, but that's mm-hmm. how he started seeing the world. Uh, the grandmother brought a book for, uh, to read with him, but he said that those book, that book was for, uh, was for kids, and he was no longer a kid, and he didn't want to hear that. So maybe uh, three teenage years there with Kai. He started interrupting the grandma's story, and he would mimic her in a very unpleasant way, but that would make people laugh. You know, at first people find it funny, but he started doing that with everyone. People thought he was smart, but it was actually the mirror splinters doing all the talking. So it wasn't really him. He was becoming something else, right? So I don't think that was the nicest summer for Gerda and the friends and the grandma to, st- to, to hang around uh, Kai. Winter came and Kai was completely in love with the snow. He told Gerda he was given permission to go slide with the bigger kids. We don't know if he was or not, but he did say that he could go. He didn't have to stay there around with the grandma, with Gerda. He could definitely go and and just slide. The kids, they were trying to get their sledges uh, to the farmer's cart to go faster. Remember, back then there was no cars, so... Uh, for cart, farmers carts were the fastest because they had horses so they would just uh, tie their sledges and just go and, and, and go faster so Kai did the same thing uh, and he did uh, tie his, his sledge to this one particular cart that wouldn't stop he wanted to let go as the cart gained speed but the driver kept nodding and waving at him as if they were friends So he was not entirely worried. He was just like, at a given point, this friendly farmer is absolutely going to stop this cart for me. Well, they didn't. Uh, The Kai was taken outside the city where the snow was thicker. And by the time he was able to let go of the rope, it was just too late. No one could hear him or do anything to help him. The driver, surprise, surprise, was the snow queen. She got out of the cart and she kissed him on the face and he started to freeze. She kissed him once more and he forgot everything about home. She said those were all the kisses he would get or else she would kill him. And it seems, Anna, that she also didn't want him to die. She may wanted his companionship, right? Mm -hmm. She was no longer cold after that second kiss, which means that probably he was freezing and then he just felt like they were both in the same temperature. And for uh, on Kai, in Kai's eyes, she was no longer made out of ice. They flew way up high, and they would fly into the win- uh, wintry nights. And during the day, he would sleep on the Snow Queen's feet. So that's where our second story ends. So Kai is no longer in the little town or in that village. He somewhat has become made out of ice, I would assume, but mm-hmm. he's not yet dead, right? Yeah, so I guess lesson learned as of now, one, teenagehood, it's basically you got one piece of a mirror in your heart and you're just being annoyed because (laughs) of that, right? You just need to get rid of it. And uh, hey, kidnapping is also not nice Mm -mm. in uh, fairy tales either. Doesn't matter if you are the Snow Queen or not. Exactly, not cool, guys. And if you're just going to go be playing these games, go with kids or go with friends. So at least like they're going to be close to you when something like that happens. So yeah. 
Not saying don't go at all, but really, guys. Just, just don't wander around by yourself. Right. Don't think you are too big. Yeah. You know, like, he really felt like he was one of the big kids when, in fact, he really wasn't, right? Mm-hmm. That takes us to the third story that's called The Flower Garden of the Woman Who Knew the Art of Sorcery. <laughs> you know what's funny about this? No. Remember when we were, like, I don't know the school in, in the U.S., but in Brazil, when you're learning how to write a composition, they say never do a very uh, too long title. Mm-hmm. Well, not in this case. I guess for chapters, you are free to do as long as you want. Can you repeat all that again? The flower garden of the woman who knew the art of sorcery. Right. So it's if almost Henderson, like a summary. Yeah. If, Sanders, if Henderson had to pay by uh, letter, he was <laughs> definitely uh, bankrupt by the end mm-hmm. of the this particular tale. Yeah. yeah. Gerda looked for Kai everywhere, but nobody knew where he was. She then accepted that he had died. Spring came and she told the sunshine Kai was gone. But the sunshine said they did not believe her. That conversation went on for quite some time with the sunshine trying to, trying to say, hey, we haven't seen Kai, you know, here in heaven or anywhere. So mm-hmm. I really don't think that he died. And Gerda started to believe that he was not gone. She put her precious red shoes on and offered uh so she went to the river to try and look so she had looked everywhere near the well near the vicinity right so since the sunshine had told her no this is not really the case you're gonna have to really brave this world to find your friends so she goes to the river and with her red shoes on which was the most precious thing she ever had And as she's talking to the river, the river, she offered the shoes if they could bring Kai back to her. So that is very nice, right, Anna? Because you can see how uh, innocent and how pure she is. And it's just like she's giving her biggest treasure to bring her friend back. So mm-hmm. she definitely, definitely loved her friend, right? Mm-hmm. Um, she threw them into the river, but the current brought the shoes back to the shore. So she thought, well, I am 100% sure that that's what the river wants, but maybe I haven't gone far enough to throw them uh, to the river. So she took a boat uh, that was next to her, and she rowed a little farther onto the river. She noticed that the the boat was moving away from the land, uh, and she started to cry because no one was hearing her except the birds, the sparrows, right? Uh, The shoes were following the boat, but Gerda could not reach them. So she was barefoot. She was lost and uh, nobody could help her. So definitely she also didn't learn the lesson that she should always bring someone with her, right? Mm -hmm. Especially at that young age. An old lady heard her and helped her out. She listened to the, all the story. So uh, Gerda told all the story, what was going on, why she decided to brave the river, why she was there making offerings to the river. Um, but she then, at the end of the story, she did tell Gerda that she did not see Kai. She then offered cherries and Gerda ate them. Again, guys, don't eat food from strangers. You know, even though you, you may pack a snack, But mm-hmm. if someone is offering you something, just really don't take it. Um, the woman took Gerda to a room and started combing her hair 
while Gerda was eating the cherries. Creepy, right? Creepy, yeah. Totally creepy. Uh, the woman said that she had longed for a girl and, uh, you know, like she always wanted a girl for the longest time. Slowly, Gerda started to forget about Kai. Those were very powerful cherries. Um, the woman knew magic. The woman knew she needed to get rid of all the roses in the world because she knew that roses would remind Gerda of home and Kai. So she kept all the other beautiful flowers, but the roses. Gerda stayed there for so long. She really doesn't know how long she stayed with that, uh, with that magic woman. But one day, as she was walking, she saw a rose on the woman's head. And that made her remember of Kai and her search for him. Mm-hmm. Gerda asked the rose if they knew uh, if Kai was dead. And uh, they told her that he wasn't because he was not in the Dead Valley. When she asked them where he was, uh, a couple of other flowers started telling other fairy tales of their own. Nothing really to do with Gerda or Kai, but I think that at the end, Anna, the flowers really wanted to hear to have their stories heard. Mm-hmm. Um, she asked about Kai again, and that particular fa- flower, Convo Vulus, told her that uh, there is a big swing on the tree with two sisters, and they are swinging, and the brother is helping them swing. Um, they, bowl, they blow bubbles, uh, and the black dog wants to get into the swing as well. So not really nothing to do I'm like, with what? anything. What? I just asked you a simple question, right? Right. What a trip, man. I don't want to know about these <laughs> girls. I just really want to know about my friend Kai. It's like, have you seen him? Yes or no? Exactly. You know, it's not like... So I can mm-hmm. move on into mm-hmm. asking to other flowers. <laughs> yeah. Gerda is not as rude as Gabby and Anna, so she does tell the flower that it's a beautiful story, but she Mm -hmm. really needs to know where Kai is. Then another flower tells uh, tells her the story of three sisters, so transparent and fine. The first one's dress is red, second one's is blue, and the third one is completely white. Hand in hand, they dance by the still lake in the bright moonlight. They were not elves, they were uh, human children, and they followed the flower scent and died. Mm. Gerda was so sad about the girls, but then again, she really needed to know where Kai was. Kai was not a girl, Kai did not have dresses, he was not dancing on the lake, so she really needed to find... And she was hoping he was not dead. Right, well, the rose had already confirmed that he wasn't, right? So Mm -hmm. in her mind, she was 100% sure... That he was alive and she really had to go for him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the buttercup, another flower, told another story. And Gerda decided that she really needed to go. It's just like all these stories are all cool. Some of them make me happy. Some of them are making me really depressed. But this is not going to bring Kai back to me. So she's like, so long. Bye-bye. <laughs> she starts leaving the place when an narcissist struck her uh, over the leg. She asked him if he could help her, but he was only talking about how he could see himself, how beautiful he was, how impressive he is. So um, definitely a narcissistic feature from this Narcissus flower, right? Mm -hmm. 
she realized, okay, I'm not going to get anything from this guy here. So she ran and got into the gate. She was able to get away and she ran as much as she could. And then she noticed that autumn had come. And that's the end of our third story. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you feel about the, the fairy tale so far, Anna? Um, well, it's a lot of kidnapping. I'm kidding. No, I <laughs> mean, <laughs> it's, it's going pretty quickly. It's like each one of those stories, something is happening, right? So, and it's connecting in a way that, in theory, it's taking her into the lead of where her friend is, right? So, it's mm -hmm. interesting the way this is being built. Mm -hmm. and, and one thing I was kind of... Nothing really related to, to it. But as you were telling the second story where the kids had to be inside during the winter and, you know, do their games in there. I was thinking for these kids in the 1800, 1800s, mm -hmm. uh, they really had to be creative, right? There were not all this amount of toys or games or information out there available so they had to make up their own games and they all you know when they played I just thought it was interesting to think about this because even though it's not too far off in the past it's t a totally different generation you know with different things to do I just thought it was interesting to yeah it's very it. nice because uh you're right right nowadays you know you have all the streaming services online and then you have uh video games and you have lots of also individual games that you mm -hmm. you won't be connecting to your neighbors sometimes kids mm -hmm. they don't even know who their their neighbors are and back then you're so right like they could it was a very intimate relationship with the grandmother telling the stories maybe she mm -hmm. was considered the grandmother of the neighborhood you know uh just really telling stories to everyone so um, it is very interesting to, to be put in this world back in the 1800s. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So now we have, what, four stories, right? To we continue. do have four stories left. Um, mm -hmm. The Prince and the Princess, The Little Robber Girl, The Lap Woman and the Finmark Woman, and What Happened in the Snow Queen's Palace and What mm -hmm. Happened Afterwards. Another very expensive title. <laughs> Um, uh -huh. that went that took uh, Anderson's bankrupt but um, absolutely short stories I hope you guys are enjoying mm -hmm. I hope you guys get to go through this winter if you're in the northern hemisphere or if you're just enjoying the nice sun of uh, summer in the southern hemisphere I hope you guys are enjoying the story Mm -hmm. And a good pause and uh, a ring into 2022 as we continue our gallivanting journey around mm -hmm. the world through books. Yeah, that's it. So I guess we come back next week with the remaining stories. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. See ya. Bye. Bye.